Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Savanya Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. On the night before the Friendship Festival, Doris revealed her unique plans. Evangeline found a new normal with Teddy. Val convinced the Bruja leader to help in the fight, but at the risk of letting the festival drag on dangerously late. And they determined the attacker would most likely be the Note Nostra coming for revenge. With a call coming in for Everett from an old acquaintance, what new complications will they face? Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Everett, you have realized that you are having a now privileged conversation with Ridley, but you are standing in the middle of the station. Where do you go to continue this chat? <laughs> uh, down. Ah, yeah, I'm going to try to go down. and Yeah, because I took a call in the basement before and it was fine. Yep, yep, it was. Uh, yeah, so down to the basement with the, with the coffins and good boy. Okay, so I don't know what you're doing, but what I do know is I need my fucking mum and things are going to fucking shit. Where the fuck is she? Look, Ridley, I'm uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, I didn't, honestly, I didn't think we could contact each other. I would have called you. What I you thought you were being watched like a fucking hawk by the Note Nostra. I am, but then you, you know, you kill a guy, you take his phone, you make a phone call when nobody's fucking looking for you. You, 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 got, you don't have enough money to fucking pay someone to drive down and say hello. Like, where, where is my fucking mum? Look. I was put in a box and driven across the fucking country, and I woke up in a police station and was told I was the sheriff. Wait, no, you're just supposed to work at a fucking counter, and then oh, you're I supposed know. to find my mum. I know what I was supposed to do, but ain't nothing that was supposed to happen has happened. So I'm basically at war with the mob and a cult. Well, no, no, you're not doing that. That sounds like you're becoming a, a police officer. We don't do that. That's the cover job. You're going to get my mum and come back so I can stop doing fucking bad shit in Montreal. I had to firebomb a fucking hospital this week. Jesus. I don't want to do that. I managed to get the people out because Damien Black wasn't too specific about how it had to happen. But he's getting fucking clever to that shit. So Look, people Damien are dying. Black is... And Montreal's a fucking war zone because you can't give me my mum. Tell me you know where she is. Tell me you found some fucking evidence or something. No, Ridley, I, I, I don't have anything yet. But it's been weeks. You I found know. nothing. I mean, you're a fucking bloodhound. You've got to be looking at all the fucking things, driving around, fucking talking to people, fucking dirty, airy, fucking gun in a mouth bullshit. I've, I've not been able to do any of that dirty, airy bullshit yet. What the absolute fuck? Look, I've been in and out of the hospital, I think, two times. Uh, what? You're a fucking vampire. You don't go to the hospital. You just fucking, I don't know, eat someone and move on. For yeah, you, look, I figure you got to deal with the notanos. They're all vampires anyway, so why aren't you fucking eating them? It's a whole thing over here, all right? It's like a big social experiment of folk and vampires living together in the open and it just so happens that if I leave or die or don't show up to be sheriff, everybody's fucking slaughtered. So I'm trying to balance that with finding your mom. And now I'm sorry to say I haven't made much headway in finding your mom yet. You know, you you, you sent me out here to, to find her. But you didn't yeah. give me no address or name or nothing so it's well, a lot of hard work to address. even Wait, start you don't know her name no but she's my mum yeah that's how i know her her name so I'm, I'm, I'm looking up in the directory for mrs beef well uh, first of all that yeah that's not it's not my real name you think I someone know. gets named beef it's not a fucking thing 
Actually, you take a cover and you get a cover so that you can move around as, I don't know, a fucking dead vampire and people don't know that you're a vampire. So her name is fucking Cinderella. Cinderella Darkly. It's not a fucking common name. But what do you think? They're going to put her in the fucking phone book? She's a fucking kidnapping victim. Yeah, if I start at her home, I can piece together maybe who she took her. She lived in fucking England. They took her to fucking Alberta. Why do you think they put a night house in her fucking name? You're the police officer. Jesus, fuck. Look, I'm running this town, basically. Barely. So you have a whole town full of fucking vampires and you haven't asked any of them to do fucking anything. Take your most useful one. And just send them to Calgary. Do you, do you have like a, a bounty hunter? There's got to be somebody who's fucking tough and capable, fucking finds people who works for you if you run a town full of vampires. Jesus Christ, you've been spying on me or something? Yeah, there's someone exactly like that. Well, then, I, I'm not spying on you. It's just if you're a fucking vampire cop and you got a fucking hundred vampires, there's always one fucking tough asshole. We fucking met a bunch in Montreal. We've been here for like too fucking long now. So... God damn it. Why am I organizing how you are going to find my fucking mum? Look, that's a bunch a good of question. people are going to die here, and Damien Black is going to be so fucking cemented, we can't take him out again. He's doing the same thing here. Well, then it's almost like if you give me the ability to kill him, it will save both towns. Oh my God, Dewey, what I asked will save the day. What a twist. Look, I'm trying to do what you asked. No, right. you're actively not doing it, and you're looking I after a up. fucking I cow. hang up on him. This is the only time I'm actually able to just end a conversation with Ridley without him punching me in the head. So I just <laughs> hang up. The phone rings upstairs in the sheriff's office. I'll, I'll if someone else isn't going to get it, I will go up. Uh, no, expecting they're, they're, it to they're be. upstairs. Uh, yeah. up, so it's ringing okay. for them. Okay. Evangeline will will answer. It's like New Haven Sheriff's Department. Hello, I'd like to speak to your toughest fucking officer, whoever does, doesn't take any fucking shit. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, sir, is there a, a problem? I'd like to speak to your toughest officer, and I can make things really nice for all of you if I talk to them. Um, may I ask what this is regarding? Yeah, saving your fucking town from Damien Black. Oh, okay. Uh, and... Evangeline passes the phone to Val. <laughs> Hearing just the side of the conversation with Evangeline, Val's like, "What? why am I getting this? <laughs> Hello, are you the fucking tough one? Uh, fucking guess what the fuck you want. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Someone kidnapped my mum and brought her to fucking Calgary and Everett was supposed to take care of this shit, but he's off fucking about. So I need you to find her Get her back to me, and then I could kill Damien Black, and we could all fucking strangle the new Note Nostra. Someone kidnapped her fucking mom? Alright, fucking... What the fuck you need me to do? Alright, her name's Cinderella Darkly. She's somewhere in fucking Calgary. The new Note Nostra is her. I need you to get her out, uninjured. And if Everett tells you, to, I don't know, give a shit about some podunk town, fuck that, or give you a fucking million dollars if you get her in. Or is this fucking Cinderella darkly human or kindred? Human, I fucking hope. All right, well, fuck Damien Black and his whole fucking operation. <laughs> okay, you I fucking like. If, if something happens to Everett, you should be fucking sheriff. But after you find my fucking mum. You need something fucking else? No, no, just my fucking mum. If I need to get in touch with you, is this the number I call? And you could call here, or if you need a direct number, I can give you that. Great, give me that shit. <laughs> Giving Ridley her deets. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Fucking million dollars, find my mum, tell Everett he's a piece of shit. Hey, what's uh, your fucking name? Oh, it's Ridley. All right. And then she hangs up on him, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's so fine with that one. That call was productive. Everett, you come back upstairs and just hear her say, what's your name? And then write it something down. Uh, I'll Sheriff look. Fry, you got a fucking friend who hates Damien Black? <laughs> yeah. Would that be uh, a Mr. Ridley? Yeah. He told me 
His mom is kidnapped in Calgary? What the fuck is that about? That's basically the long and short of it. He's, uh, he's being manipulated by Damien Black because his mother's allegedly being held hostage. I was sent here to investigate with little to no information, and, uh, that was made even more difficult when, you know, this whole New Haven business started up with me. Why didn't you fucking say anything? I thought you came in town to be the sheriff. Like, nope, a missing... A woman's missing? What? You're not the sheriff? <laughs> Did I know this? Did we know this? <laughs> Wait. I don't, I don't think Claire knew this. I don't think Doris knew. Nobody knows this. I don't think <laughs> I knew this knows. either. Nobody no. Knows. <laughs> hey, what do you mean you're not the sheriff? Hang- Wait, what? I th- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm not... The wait, real... wait, what are you talking? Did I hear somebody say he's not the sheriff? Barty just burst out of his office. That's not true. He was he was hired to be the sheriff. No, shut Jesus, up. Jesus, Barty, even my own people? Barty, well, what I... the fuck is going on? Listen, you're, you're, you're the sheriff and everybody can shut the fuck up, but it's why we're not all dead. I can't remember who knew what or when and... Uh, fuck. I gotta have who a nice was tea. the sheriff supposed to be? Well, him, because I didn't have another option. I feel very bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. Oh. Oh. This is all making when more I was sense now. Wait, you, weren't, here? you weren't the fucking sheriff of Montreal? No. Is that what you were told? You know who the real sheriff is or, or was. Yeah, the sheriff of this side. Was it well, not I need apparent to that something. I've never been sheriff before of anything anywhere? I mean, that's been pretty fucking apparent to me. Yeah, thank you, and also fuck you. <laughs> he gives you the thought... finger with his hook hand. Yeah, I give you a <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> all right, so I can't remember who knew what, so we're going to make this real fucking simple. We had to have a sheriff or we were all going to die. He showed up. I said it was him. You may have known. You may have not known. You may have forgotten. You may have remembered. I don't fucking know, but here's the deal. He's the sheriff now. He's got the prince's approval now. There's no fucking around. He's the sheriff. Yeah, so while a woman went missing, an entire town's fate was at stake, so I couldn't dedicate my time to figuring that out just yet. Well, I think it's very noble of you to uh, take charge with this new place of employment, sir. Yeah, thanks. I'm really killing it. Well, (laughs) we might be killing things. Oh, yeah. Look, so, uh... If anyone's got a problem with the last, uh, goddamn, last only five minutes of a new information, should speak up now, otherwise we've got a fucking ambush to plan. And yeah, a festival also, to host. If you have a problem with it, I don't give a shit. If you fucking tell anyone, we're all dead, so shut the fuck up about it, you don't have a problem. Yes, what? just what just a clusterfuck. Okay, we, look, we've got we've got a missing woman to find. We have a friendship festival to put on. <laughs> we have both. When is more important, Evangeline? Yes, the missing person. No, the friendship festival. Oh my god! And that argument carries you <laughs> until the end of the day, when you all. <laughs> Admittedly, a solid combat plan for dealing with the situation. All have to bed down or coffin down, but crash for the daytime. So you can come back the next night for the Friendship Festival. Doris, Mm -hmm. you need to do your tarot reading for how this festival night is going to go. This is high stakes and very important for you. I know, especially since she doesn't have a plan for when the Tremere show up and try to kidnap her. I mean... Yeah. Witch and a cult. Let's do this. Uh, yep. <laughs> She's also going to make sure that she has her spider potion ingested. Uh, oh, nice. God, one, two, three. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> well, um, that's one success. Okay. Uh... <laughs> You That's you it. flip okay. over a card. Yep. That's it. Oh, okay. No. Well. Yeah, we that's... were all waiting for and this terrible thing right <laughs> yes, after the one we six. Were. Oh, I just 
figured one success is not ideal. Um, could be worse. Could be a lot worse. <laughs> could be <Best>. worse. <laughs> yes. Uh, How, flip- Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> no one rolls those but you, Tyler. Um, <laughs> you flip over the top card, and it's blank. For the first time, uh, you you very carefully keep all of your unpainted cards out of the deck. However, this card is blank. You have no idea what is to come. Unsettling. She like that. That's mm-hmm. not good. Um, she carefully sets fire to it um, and puts the ashes in her cat's food bowl. All right. <laughs> Jesus. And Brian, must be done. You're, you're, you're most intense and somewhat changed after he ate things out of the box you kept a captive in. Uh, he eats the ashes. Uh, you don't know if that's good or bad, but it's very Brian. It's what has to be done. Yep. And you all end up making your way to the festival. So Evangeline, I'm imagining you would be going straight from home or would you go to check in at the sheriff's department and head over from there? Um. I think we're going as the sheriff's department, okay. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have to be, I think it makes sense to go be, be like, official. That makes sense. So you make your way into the office, uh, and all of you make your way to the festival together. I'm imagining you would take a squad car. Would you take two vehicles? What are What's your plan, just so that we know what you have for later in the evening? Uh, Evangeline would recommend two vehicles. Yeah. Doris is going cars. to take Doris is going to take a tricycle that she found. Um, I like she's it. gonna leave early or get there late. <laughs> well, we're we're right next to the Brewhawk quarter, right? The yeah, bre- no. yeah, you're you're very so close. We're really she's, close, right? She's riding like this rainbow tricycle that she found, but she's riding it alongside the squad car. So the squad car just has to drive really slowly. Sorry, All right, Val. so who wants to drive really slowly with Doris? <laughs> All right, I guess Val will drive very slowly next to Doris. Just make sure keeping an eye on her. <laughs> it Great. looks friendly. It looks friendly and fun. It's a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all uh, dressed as friendly as possible, which I would imagine for most of you is just your uniform. Doris, what are you wearing for the Friendship Festival? You feel like someone who would dress up for this. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing... Um, as many colors as possible, and she's wearing several hats stacked on top of each other. <laughs> no face plumbing, Del. I saw that. <laughs> um, um, that like she can kind of pull them off and like put them on people's heads and stuff like that. So she's just wearing a lot of hats. I feel like this Aww. is metaphorical for um for her state of mind right now. And her organizational role, wearing yeah. all the hats and organizing this festival. Yeah. Uh, have you put hats on Val, Evangeline, and Everett? Yes. What hats are they currently wearing? <laughs> Tyler's so over me. <laughs> Just, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the baby's bonnet or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> the beanie with that propeller. So Tyler Everett gets a pirate hat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's authentic. <laughs> a very nice gold trimmed pirate hat. Okay. Is it a tricorner uh, one or like the one that's just yes, big? Yes. Okay. Tricorner. Okay. Um Ooh, nice. it's black with gold trim. Um <clears throat> right, make a note of that. Yeah. Um <laughs> ooh, how mean do I want to be? Um <laughs> Uh, Val is wearing, like, a black skull cap type hat with pink spikes on it. Um, (laughs) and weirdly enough, Evangeline is just, like, wearing a hat that says Go Dolphins on it. (laughs) Like a baseball cap? Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> the baseball team, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> no, but it's not the Miami Dolphins. You well, don't know what team, team this so is. It's, fine. <laughs> it's it just says go Dolphins okay. and unspecified what team it is. <laughs> or or if it's a There's, team, it right. might just be go Dolphins. Just really enthusiastic about dolls with fins. Yeah. Not even the animal. That's exactly what it is. 
the mo- the the mascot is a doll with fins. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I said anything. I can't shut up sometimes. <laughs> So you all make your way to the festival. <laughs> Luckily, it's not that far from the station. So Val and, and Doris, you're not actually that far behind. Uh, you, you get there immediately after sunset. Everything has been set up. And Doris, you are very excited. Main Street is is decorated top to bottom. You can see all the stands for food, games, tarot readings, tea readings, dancing. There's a petting zoo. Uh, there's a space that just says Val's Feats of Strength. Mm. There's a Mortal <laughs> Kindred three-legged race. Inside Ripcord Mechanics, there is karaoke. There is a, a mini stage with a podium on it that just says public speaking lessons. Uh, and then you can see there is a stage off to the side at the entrance that just says uh, accessible dance show plus cat show. At the, the edges of the street, there, there's been temporary fencing put up to set a, a barrier between outside and inside the festival. And there are Bruja security just working at the da- at the gates, making sure that people aren't bringing in weapons or doing anything shady. You're, you're not seeing anybody trying to do that, but they're just there just in case. You're all welcomed in uh, and brought to the stage in the accessible dance show cat show section where you meet uh, the two sponsors. The crowd is all being funneled in. So Marjorie comes up and he's like, oh, Sheriff, you, you have to give speech in front of crowd. It's good to be very good. And during speech, you have to say that uh, Cambridge Canterbury is your best friend. That's part of sponsorship deal. And you have to uh, embarrass the nibbler. OK, you, you go out in front of big crowd, big crowd. Go give good speech. Come on, sponsor Cambridge, Cambridge nibbler. Out, out you go, out you go. And she's just shoving you all onto this improvised stage under this tent. And Cambridge walks up like doing a slow wave to everyone. The crowd seems kind of jazzed. Like, it's a pretty fancy event. There's a lot of stuff set up outside. Like, Doris did a good job fundraising (laughs) to get this put together. So despite the weirdness of the sponsors, the town is into it. Nice. Okay. Okay. The Nibbler will be up there finger gunsing people and wearing the Nibbler shirt, his own own merch. Oh, that helps ever because now he knows who the Nibbler is because he does not know (laughs) any of these people. (laughs) (laughs) And a spotlight comes on uh, and hits you, Everett. And the town applauds politely, the, the crowd of a couple hundred people inside this tent. Yeah. And kind Doris of. kind of whispers, remember, friendship. Uh, thanks, Officer Barbara. Uh, kind of adjusts his eyes to the light, because I don't think a tricorner hat really protects your eyes from the sun very nope. much. So, <laughs> no. Um, <clears throat> Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Sheriff Fry. Glad y'all could make it out to, uh, New Haven's Friendship Festival. I know we got a lot of fun activities planned here. Uh, should be a, uh, an exciting time. Really, really looking forward to, uh, connecting with y'all and, and, Really, uh, making making new friends and reaffirming old friendships. I think that's important. A uh, couple other things I just wanted to mention: uh, Cambridge Cantonbury. I guess that's uh, him right there. He's my very best friend. I lo- love him very much. Uh, <laughs> and Cambridge just kind of sidles up beside Everett while like as he calls him his best friend and like puts his arm around his shoulders and just like smiling very pleased out of the audience. Yep, this is uh this is him. Uh and uh the nibbler <laughs> Oh god, let's see. Uh the nibbler is uh I don't know, a bedwetter. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, why, why are you calling out the nibs like that? What's, what's the deal with that? Come on. Oh, you hear that, folks? He didn't even deny it. Anyway, the uh, the f- festival ends at 11 o'clock sharp, so go out there and have a good time. Once again, the festival does end at 11 o'clock sharp, and you should all be exiting through the south gate. Have a good evening, everyone. Nibs. <laughs> Cambridge Canterbury has never been so pleased in his life. 
Uh, Sheriff, can you can you roll me a <laughs> charisma and persuasion or performance? I'm sure those are both shitty. They are. They're both empty. Um, oh, no. <laughs> well, I'll give you one die for free. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> Uh, my, I, I do have, uh, charisma. Sorry, I do have charisma if you just want me to do a naked charisma Oh, yeah, roll, just, just charisma. That's fine, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, two successes. Two successes. Nice work. The crowd seem kind of into it. They're, they, they're impressed by your friendship with Cambridge, uh, and they think that the Nibbler is a bedwetter is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they both come off stage. Nibbler, is there anything you would like to say to the organizer of this event after the sheriff called you a bedwetter on stage? Uh, Blair will come over to Doris and be, hey, that was kind of like, that was kind of lame, but, you know, <laughs> if you could, you know, have people still buy my merch, you know, like, people, people are talking about me, you know, bad, bad, bad there's, talk is still talk, you know. There's no such thing as bad press, Mr. Nibs. That's, right, I, that's real wise. I'll get a bunch of people to splash yellow paint on your shirts, make a bedwet joke shirt, make me very good. <gasps> You can you make know, whatever it your gets brand. me back in the prime time spotlight. Whatever gets people talking <laughs> about the nibs, I'm here for it. All right, you, you're you're doing great, nibs. Okay, bye. Uh, and and Marjorie just escorts you out, nibbler, to to go deal with uh, with the other business. Uh, at which point, the dance show begins. There are four dancers on this stage. Doris, can you describe the outfits these four dancers are wearing so we can picture this specifically? Yes. So I'm gonna say. Each one is dressed like they're from a different century. So you have like 1600s, very, uh, oof, here's me not knowing my costume history, but <laughs> like a very flowy 1600s gown. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the seventh is like super poofy and roughly. Um, the third is like a Regency, very nice Regency kind of um, neckline and, uh, with long gloves and uh, the 1800s. Oh no, it looks like um, like more of a standard like London prostitute kind of thing. <laughs> it's petticoats, yeah, the yeah. classics. Yeah, Moulin Rouge type stuff. All right, great. Uh, Cambridge Cantonbury. Can you roll me, uh, normally it would be six D10s, but can you roll me five D10s? Because the outfits are restricting the dancer's movement. (laughs) I do love that the solution to the strip show was to give them clothes. The one item typically (laughs) handily dealt with at strip shows. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan, you were talking to me? Yes. Can you roll me five D10s? Yeah. You said Cambridge and I did not Yeah, this is Cambridge. You're Cambridge. (laughs) Uh, one success. One success. Uh, the strippers spend a fair amount of the dance trying to remove the clothing, but are unable to do it because it's laced and knotted and tied up in ways they Hell do not yeah. understand. But it does make for an incredibly underwhelming dance show. <laughs> oh, um, no. Women tugging on, and men, one of the guy, yeah. just tugging on old-timey clothes they cannot get off while uh, stuck on a stage with no poles. So it just doesn't play to their strengths. It's a real awkward three minutes. Um, and then they just kind of shuffle off after bowing and the audience is like, okay, and does that like awkward, polite, you know, like, like you're at a, you're at an elementary school and you watched a number from a class your kid isn't in. That's the level of energy coming from the audience. Uh, and Madre steps out the head of the Bruja clan to take the stage and grabs a microphone and is like, I know the sheriff told you that this party's ending at 11, but fuck no, it isn't. We're going all night. New Haven forever, woo! And and just the crowd goes fucking nuts, and then she sends them out. And she comes back to you, Val, and says, I told you, nobody decides when this fucking party ends except us. We're going to take out the trash. Fucking great, Madre. You, you totally fucked me, but thanks for being here. Greetings, children of the night. It is I, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the chronicle, and all around the spooky dude. I used to host the blood and syrup, but now I spend all of my time in the Dum Dums and Dragons Patreon. 
Yes, for just the cost of one dollar. One. Ah, ah, ah. You can join the Patreon, get into the Discord, and talk to other fans about everything that's happening in your favorite shows. Alternatively, at higher levels, you can get ad-free feeds. You can add names and locations to the shows. Or, at the $25 level, you can even create your own NPC of darkness, or light, or whatever various lighting solution you want. You create your character, and they appear in one of our shows, causing all forms of shenanigans, and your name ends up in the credits. It's a pretty sweet deal. In any case, join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, ah, ah. Spooky. Uh, Dor- can Doris come up? Oh, of course. Yeah, this is just oh, okay. like off to the side of the stage. So like Madre will just kind of feel a little tugging on her presumably leather vest of some sort. <laughs> hey, hey, what's up? Hello. Hi. Nice hats. Thank you. Would you like one? Yeah, sure. Fuck it. Great. And she Thanks. has to kneel down for you to be able to put a hat on her. Yeah. Um... I realize that you're providing security for this event. And please understand that I very much appreciate it. But this party's not going all night. Oh, see, I like you. I like you a lot. But that's like, good. No, because you're not ending it because you want it to end. You're ending it because some asshole threatened you and this town. And you don't give people who are bad what they want. You fuck them over. And then you win. And then you get to start your own fucking town. That's how New Haven works. We're not starting a new town, Miss Maldre. We need to get the humans out. You're a Tremere, right? Indeed. Cool. Well, if the pyramid said that you couldn't come to this fucking festival, would you listen to those asshole pyramid people? Or would you go to the Friendship Festival? Because fuck the pyramid. I think you're vastly overestimating humans' ability to stay alive during a kindred attack. That's fine. We're going to stop them further north. I got the call. I talked with the police. We're fucking fine. We're going to crush whoever the fuck comes in. And back here, the mortals get to have a party. It's great. Everybody wins. Val, you can see that, like, Doris has this look in her eye that she is two seconds from, like, trying to mind control this woman. <laughs> yeah. Val will put her hand on top of the stack of Doris hats and kind of <laughs> swerve her away. Yeah, thanks, Madra. Catch you kicking ass later and try to steer Doris away from this. Alrighty, Val, can you roll me a strength and ooh, athletics? Sure. Doris, can you mm-hmm. roll me a dexterity and uh, and athletics, yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I have no athletics, <laughs> but I have okay. Mm. Uh, it's two successes and one on my like a uh, ten on my hunger dice. Now nah, you need the second ten for it to count. You're good. Okay, had a big pool, and I rolled dog shit. I rolled one success. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you try to steer Doris away, but you cannot do it. She just darts out from under. You take a hat off the top. You have three hats mm-hmm. in your hand, but Doris remains where Doris is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's just going to, like, point a finger at her and say, um, this festival will be friendly. Do you understand me? Which means that the humans, the squishy, squishy, killable humans, are out by 11. All right, let's do a roll. Uh, <laughs> I would accept charisma or manipulation from you, depending on if you think you're doing it through willpower or the the direct ability to affect this leader. And persuasion. Oh, I have so many dice. All right, dope. <laughs> Forgot I had a high charisma score. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> That's six successes. Hot damn. Versus four. 
from a good pool, just not rolling quite as hot. All right. You want to give the assholes what they want? You feel free. The party's over. I'll go tell everybody it'll be done at 11. And Madre storms on stage and takes the mic and says, you know what? I lied. Party's over at 11. You don't like it? Fucking hat lady. And then just drops the mic on the stage and walks off. (laughs) And then Doris will kind of climb up the stage and pick up the microphone and say, um, now who wants their tea leaves red? (laughs) And there's a a small group of people who kind of look at you confused, but then raise their hands uh, and they will follow you out to your, your tea leave tent. All of you have jobs you have to do at this festival. Evangeline, you are teaching public speaking. Good God. Everett, you are running karaoke. <laughs> Val, you are doing feats of strength. Uh, and, and Doris, you, you are running tea leaves. So Doris, you, you've invited people over to have their tea leaves read. So let's see how your tea leaf readings go over with the town. So can you roll me a wits and a cult? Yeah. We're going to do one roll and it's just going to generate how successful your particular brand of entertainment is. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Has anybody seen She's the Man? Yeah, once. <laughs> where the Eunice is doing the crystal ball, where she's like, I see a kitten gasping for air. Jesus. I feel like that's what this is like. Hang on. Oh, no. Um, oh, actually, that's five successes. Five successes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It goes over pretty well with people, which would generally suggest, knowing Doris's relative purity of, of reading, that the readings are just generally pretty positive. But Doris, can you describe how you are winning over all of these people getting their tea leaves read? Because you are so successful that other people are lining up based on recommendations from people who already got their tea leaves read by you. I just feel like every single person is leaving this tent being like, wow, she said I'm going to get a million dollars. Wow, she said I'm going to have five girlfriends. Like, all the stuff. Clearly, it's, it's yeah. She's pulling her old court tricks and just kind of telling people what uh, she senses that they want to hear. Nice. Nice. I like that a lot. Okay, <laughs> so you are cleaning up and making a ton of friends by convincing every sucker in the city that they will achieve their wildest dreams. Val, mm-hmm. you are doing feats of strength. However, there's just an area that says feats of strength and nothing in it. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You, you show up and realize you have to do feats of strength. There are a number of townsfolk in line and children. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Val is going to... Oh, no. The, well, this is what popped into my head, so we're going with it. Val is going to arm wrestle everybody. <laughs> and I think, no. I think when it comes to children... She'd probably be very like, oh, no. Oh, oh, you're winning. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Okay. But when it comes to other kindred, she's going to knuckle down and try and mess them up. What about mortals? <laughs> mortals in between. I think it depends. Probably or, or just be like, oh, no, we stalemated. Neither of us could move. The end. <laughs> okay. So it's deadlock mortals. <laughs> be nice to kids. Crush kindred. Correct. Okay, I'm going to need three rolls then. Um, (laughs) For the kindred, can you roll me strength uh, and either athletics or brawl, depending on how dirty you're willing to arm wrestle? We'll say they set up a table uh, and there's a $1,000 prize for anybody who can beat you in an arm wrestle. Oh, well then. And we got to be mean to the kindred. (laughs) We got a hospital, it's fine. (laughs) All right, so this is going to be strength and brawl with, uh, with the kindred. Oh, I'm scared. I am rolling terrible. Only two successes. Only Out two of a successes. Gigantic pool. Yeah. The kindred start off sending in general, like just kind of average kindred who are competing, mm-hmm. and the first couple lose. Uh, however, you can see the clan leaders discussing as people come back to them, and they start sending like champions of each clan. So there's clearly yeah. like a champion Nosferatu, a champion Malkavian, a champion kind of of each of them. And embarrassingly enough, you lose to the champions of the Gangrel, the Bruja, and the Nosferatu. You do yeah. manage to beat the Malkavian. The one that I'm going to have you do an individual role for, where normally you wouldn't have to, is the Pyramid 2.0 sends a champion to arm wrestle oh, you. Oh, shit. 
So what am I rolling on that? Same, Same. thing. Okay, here we go. Okay. Okay. One, <laughs> two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven successes. Fuck this guy. <laughs> you are correct. They the, That guy had six successes and an excessively good wow. roll. But wow. You, you do not only arm wrestle the champion of the pyramid 2.0 successfully you actually arm wrestle them so hard that you body slam them through the table that you are using mm-hmm. uh and make a big show out of making the pyramid look like assholes yeah and um, i think Val would also lean down to that guy and be like you fuck with doris i'll do fucking worse to you all hail dylan sane and then he the has to be like that easily he has to be carried off <laughs> oh can you roll me? Someone's getting a hug for that. <laughs> Can you roll me a strength and streetwise? Sure. This is representing trying to stalemate all the mortals. Hell <laughs> is having such a hard time with this. I only rolled one success on that. You stalemate the majority of the mortals, because even you on your worst day uh, mm-hmm. is is better than most. But you do end up losing a couple thousand dollars to this group of truckers who are just like big, <sighs> ultra burly humans uh, who do manage to throw down at, at like professional grade human arm wrestlers. But you're just having an off night. Maybe if mm-hmm. you had to pull back, you know, it's not necessarily your skill set. Also, it's kind of weird for you to be trying to impress a crowd by not winning. But yeah, I think you know, also another thing, it's like, yeah, the, A, you can't use normal vampire skills because I'm not trying to murder people. True. B, yeah. just it's weird to be interacting with this many mortals for one thing. Yep. And then also she's very sad because in in the tiniest part of Val's heart, she wanted to go to the Friendship Festival with Will. Mm-hmm. And, and you know he's that in he's jail. in jail and cursing you. Yeah. Um, so it's just an off night for Val. And then with the kids. Can you roll me a dexterity in athletics? <laughs> Break a lot of kids' hands. Please don't hurt these children, Val. That's all I can ask. Oh, God. <laughs> I rolled two successes. Two successes. You are successful in losing to every child. Uh, and they are all given $1,000 because it doesn't really matter. Like, it's, again, it's... It's it's a town with the universal basic income. Money is not really a thing, so it's a nice it's a nice way to give out a, a relatively small amount of cash uh, for the vampire community. That also came from sponsors, clan leaders contributed that kind of thing. So it's doable, and it's kind of late, so there aren't like a shitload of kids. And I would argue teenagers count as adults. So some shitty teenager comes up and mouths <laughs> off, they get a stalemate or lose. That's that's it. <laughs> um, so Val, in your overall experience, you actually won over. The mortals pretty intensely. They liked seeing you legitimately try and lose to mortal champions. That was something that like appealed to them. But they also mm-hmm. really liked that you were nice to the kids, which is not something that I think people would have necessarily expected. Uh, yep. So just just a good bit of like friendly vampire fun. Evangeline, you were trying to teach public speaking to children. <laughs> Not necessarily your chosen activity, but it's what you have. And the first kid to show up is Jiro Kishimoto, who you recognize, who like shows up and he sits on one of the chairs in front of your little stage with your podium. And then a bunch of other kids from his class come over and sit down. And he's like, we're excited to learn about pubic speaking. Public speaking. Yeah. Public speaking. Okay. Teach us. Uh... Uh, and honestly, like Evangeline, because she would have taken courses like on this stuff, she just reaches into like her communications, like media training stuff and just teaches them about, you know, like confidence in your voice. The fact that you're like, you know, you're when you're communicating, you're teaching someone, assume they're interested and it's fine. Like. Jiro raises a hand after like two minutes. Uh, yeah, Jiro. This is boring. Can you do a puppet show? 
Um, I I don't have any I don't have any puppets. Uh, Anything can be a puppet if you try. Uh, can you roll me a wits and awareness? Yeah. Wits and awareness. Uh, four successes. Four successes. Uh, you see that Doris has been giving out hats to all the people who have been coming to get tea leaf readings. There are a lot of random hats in the crowd and a few of them on the ground. And you see two colorful hats. There is one pink hat and one purple hat. And they would fit over your hands. Um, okay. Now, Jiro, that's a really good idea. But this is a public speaking class. So yeah, why, public don't, speaking. why don't you show us how you would talk as a puppet. Why don't you come up on stage and you public speak as your puppet? Here, take this hat. But but I, it's not a show if only one person does it. We have to both do it. Okay. Okay. Hello, I'm a puppet. Hi. What's your name? Poppy. Poppy, hi. I'm uh Evangeline, but a puppet. <laughs> oh, that's different. What do you want to talk about? Um Well, what's your favorite thing? Fish. Fish? <laughs> okay. Uh why don't you tell everyone who's listening? Your favorite thing about fish. Okay, Evangeline, can you roll me <laughs> like... a manipulation? <laughs> this is good. And persuasion. Uh, yeah. Uh, three successes. Three successes. You actually get Jiro to have like a little bit of a speech about fish. It's 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 kind of rambly, but it's pretty good for a kid his age. Uh, and then the other kids just get like some of them don't seem to really give a shit, but a few others are excited to come up and take their turn talking to you as a puppet. And you can kind of scam each of them into giving a speech. So like the kids aren't getting a lot out of it, but their parents seem vaguely proud and take photos of you with them. So they're not cleaning up as much as the other two, but you had a more awkward thing to be given yeah <laughs> <laughs> everett inside ripcord mechanics you are hosting karaoke yes. what's your strategy for doing that you have a karaoke machine uh and you have people <laughs> signing up on a list but people are signing in random orders people are trying to butt in like what, what's your strategy yep yeah, uh i uh i upend my tricorner hat uh, and just get people to write on scraps of paper the song that they want to sing and their name. Um, I open uh, a laptop and go to YouTube and just look up the karaoke versions of every song someone asks for and make a playlist that just autoplays in case as the sheriff I'm called away. It just will autoplay a <laughs> nice. song and whoever recognizes their song can get up and sing kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, as long as I'm manning the station, uh, I will also uh, call out the names uh, and things like that. Uh, I, I basically, I just take them out of the hat and organize them to match the playlist and uh, just call up the next person and just kind of generally like DJ in terms of like, hey, all right, great job to uh, to Sam Buttwise there with I'm a Creep and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, just kind of get everyone... To be appreciative of everyone who's coming up to, to sing their song. All righty. Let's do intelligence and performance. Because I feel like a lot of your system was mathed out in a very smart way. Uh, and then performance just because you're chatting with the crowd. All right. So that's just intelligence. <laughs> uh, that is one success. One success. Uh one of the challenges with the system is you keep getting distracted by going to to make sure that things aren't happening elsewhere and answering your radio. Yeah. And because it's a lot of songs randomly getting drawn out of a hat, your playlist is actually giving Sam Buttwise way more performances than anyone else. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To the point where people are now just claiming songs as theirs, even if they aren't. Uh, okay. There's a fist fight while you're away from the tent. It's just not going well in yeah, the karaoke. Yeah. I don't have... 
I don't have YouTube premium, so it's just like ads play between each <laughs> song and shit. There's a lot of that that weird yeah. like you're a man and you need soap. Like that oh, is God, at fuck least that half guy. Of Jesus it. Christ. Can we on the podcast say fuck that guy because oh, I really yeah, like him? He's annoying. Who is this yeah, guy? Yeah, that guy's an animal. I don't care about his character or anything like that. He's just annoying. <laughs> yep. Squatch I'm, soap. I'm really uh, happy. It's, it's, I don't know who this man is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not going well because Everett's focus uh, is elsewhere. Yeah. Val, after your your run, uh, you, you take a breather and Jiro comes up to you and says, we have to work on a book together. Your friends told me. Val's like, mind turning for a moment. Wait, you're... Your name is Jiro, right? Yeah, and we have to write a book about you being the mom and the dad to Spooky Spooky the Ghost Baby. Okay. Belle looks at her, nothing in her hands and looks at Jiro. <laughs> you, you got stuff to write a book with? Jiro pulls out a bunch of crumpled paper from a pocket and a single crayon that he gives you. And he's like, you can do the writing. <laughs> Bella's got to find, find something, share to sit on, or somewhere that she can sit next to this child. She's like, okay. And then is going to write on her thigh on this tiny little piece, like, <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're sitting next to uh, Doris at her, her tea leaf hut. Oh. And, oh, okay, and we wandered over there. That's okay. Yes, that's the only place there's seats. Uh, it's yep. just like, oh, okay, so you don't care. Is that a title? Jiro, you're writing the book. Is that what you want the title to be? No, no, no. We're doing it together. They said you would help. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing. That's good. Okay, so one day, there was a, a mom and a dad who were both you. Am I supposed to write my name here or write you? I don't know. I thought you were writing this is and Doris, Doris is just under her breath, just kind of goes, someone needs to work out his communication skills. All right, I guess. Well, she just writes you. They're not comfortable <laughs> putting herself in this story. All right, it feels go like on. You, it feels like you don't want to write a book. I can just go. No, Jiro, it's fine. I'm... I'm thinking about something else, but like, yeah, just we can write well, a book are, together. What are you thinking about? Maybe we could talk about that. Because if your feelings are getting in the way of your work, you have to explore your feelings. <sighs> uh, <laughs> you can tell Doris is like fucking wrapped with attention here. <laughs> <laughs> Looking to Doris for help and then Doris just big eyes. Well, look back to Jiro. She just takes a sip of tea um i've i've got a kid like you and he's older than you but we're we're having a fight i guess so i'm val bites back on a huge fuck and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and we're you know it's just bad right now well did you say sorry Val sits there chewing on her own lip. <laughs> I I don't know if he'll I I'm afraid to say that and then he won't he'll still be mad. Yeah, but like if you don't say sorry, then of course he's going to be mad. Sometimes you have to say sorry and mean it. They don't have to accept it. If they like if maybe they don't think it's real, but if it's real from you, then you should say it. Uh, otherwise, you just like send him to his room and say he couldn't leave, and then not be sorry and not talk. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't like when that happens either. That means you were angry too. Were you both wrong? Yeah, I, I was probably more wrong than him, but I don't know how to fix it yet. So, you want me to go with you? We can both talk to him. He's not mad at me. That's that's true, but it's another reason I can't get away from all this stuff I have to be doing. So, well, I there mean, hasn't been time. 
what, my mom and dad work a lot, but they always say that like I'm more important than work. Like, is he more important than work or less important than work? I know he's fucking more important. From <laughs> a straight fuck right to this child. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't stop it. Yeah. Um. So then, why are you here? Because I promised to keep all these people safe, too. Okay. Is there going to be some bad here? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So then you don't have to be here. You should go to him and say sorry. Val looks over at Doris. Like, can Doris cover for me? Small child, would you like your tea leaves red? Oh, sure. Uh, and he'll sit down and have his tea leaves red. Uh, oh, man, I have to roll the weirdest roll in the world. Just a second. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It's the most shocking twist of all shocking twists. You just hear a crowd walk out of the performance tent and just be like, that was the most amazing cat show I have ever seen. Who knew cats could do that? Who knew Troy could do that? I thought that guy was an idiot. Like, it's just <laughs> endless compliments for, for Troy and cats. Uh, and Troy just comes out of the booth. He's like, I didn't think it was going to go well. But then everything worked. They did all the tricks. They jumped through hoops and fire. They just did everything I asked. It was insane. One of them lifted another over its head by one paw. It, it was like a critical success of absurd degrees on such a small die roll that he just crushed this fucking cat show. <laughs> Troy. You should be so proud, Doris. Your cats were amazing. My children are going to be stars. I gotta set them up with an Instagram. And a what? It's Don't a thing where you can post pictures of them in public. People are gonna love them. Don't take pictures of them. Oh, their, God, so their souls must remain inside. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he leaves uh, feeling like, back to his normal amount of confused oh, shame. Because no! <laughs> he fucked took. up. And, I'll give their souls back, I swear. He yells as he's, as he's running towards the cat. You did very really... well, Troy. <laughs> did I say something? Well, you kind of were a little critical, says Jiro, sitting across from you as he's... Well, I just care about their souls. What? Where do you think their souls go? Inside the camera. Oh, that's silly. You're silly. They don't do that. It just takes a picture of the light bouncing off of things. <laughs> Damn, Jiro. <laughs> this, this are you a smart. witch? <laughs> no, but are you? Fair point. Wait, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm having a little bit of an existential crisis here, small child. Um, oh. Just look at your tea leaves. Okay. Uh, and behind him, you see, uh, just arguing with security, Dylan Zane uh, and a group of other pyramid flunkies. And you can see that they're getting slowed down at the gate until Madre appears, then gives you a dirty look and waves them through. <gasps> Betrayal. <laughs> And they begin wandering through the event until Dylan Zane and a group of Tremere's sit down opposite you at your tent. And he goes, I would just love to have my tea leaves red. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Ryan LaPlante at The Ryan LaPlante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D E L B O R O V I C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. <laughs> <laughs>
Sleep well in this world of darkness. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Allen, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG It's Big Nick, D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.